0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Hayes Worldwide Careers Advice podcast. Due to coronavirus, this podcast has been recorded remotely. We therefore apologize in advance for any issues in relation to sound or audio quality. Nonetheless, we hope you enjoy the episode and thank you for listening. Welcome to the Hayes Worldwide Careers Advice podcast, bringing you insights into the world of work. In this series, I'll be talking to experts to give you practical tips and advice on careers. I'm your host, John Beasley, from Hayes, the world's largest specialist recruiter. The COVID-19 pandemic has brought both change and uncertainty to the world of work. As a result, many professionals are feeling unsure about their career paths and how best to take the next steps in their professional journeys. So today we're joined by Sarah Ellis, co-founder of the professional training and consultancy business, Amazing If. Sarah is here to provide her expert advice to those who are experiencing a change in their careers. Hi, Sarah, and thank you very much for joining us today.
1: Hi, John. Thank you for inviting me.
0: So to begin with, uh, please, could you give a uh, quick introduction for our listeners?
1: So as you said, so my name's Sarah. I'm the founder of a company called Amazing If. Amazing If. And everything that we do is really focused on our ambition to democratise career development. So really, we want career development to be available for everyone. And whether that's books or podcasts or free resources or the work that we do with organisations to make development part of the day to day. And we do lots and lots of different things, but it's all very much uh, with that in mind, this idea of how can we really think about our own careers and our own development. And prior to Amazing If, the majority of my experience has been working in large organisations, so places like Barclays and Boots and Sainsbury's. So actually I spent the majority of my career in those very big organisations and I now work in a very small organisation that's my own. So I did a few quite big career changes myself.
0: Fantastic. We're definitely speaking to the right Mm -hmm. person. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: So you're the host of the Squiggly Careers podcast and author of the Sunday Times bestselling book, The Squiggly Career. Could you just explain to our listeners what you mean by the term squiggly career? Of course.
1: So I think uh, certainly when I started my career, I thought it was all about climbing a ladder. And often that ladder analogy is used when we're describing our careers and it's all about kind of taking the next step. And that feels quite linear, quite predictable, and perhaps we know what we're doing and where we're kind of heading next. And I think what I started to feel in my own career, and actually I could feel it with the kind of people I was working with, is we were sort of going that that doesn't feel like a relevant or useful way to describe our careers. You know, we were perhaps moving to different departments, we were moving across different industries, and actually around that time, since this is about two thousand and thirteen. There was some research that showed that actually, on average, we're going to have four or five different types of career during our working life. So really today, I think our careers are characterized by change, uncertainty, transition, ambiguity, um, probably never more so than, than right now. And I'm sure we'll kind of talk a bit about that. And I think what we really wanted to reflect by just kind of calling it the squiggly career was that there is no such thing as a straight line to success anymore. And actually, for anyone who looks like that's what's happened, often when you dig into it, you know, we all have had squiggles along the way, some squiggles that we've perhaps been more in control of, some that have perhaps happened to us. And our careers now are just so much more dynamic. They're much more about exploring different possibilities rather than kind of staying on the same ladder the whole time. So we're not saying that that means, oh, they're stress free and all oh, these squiggles are just so uh, creative and freeing the whole time. I still think uh, they can be overwhelming and quite anxiety inducing and quite unpredictable at times. But it does feel like a more useful way to think about what is this thing that we when well, we say career, what do we mean? And I, And I think for most people now, whether you say, you know, does your career feel more like climbing a ladder or does it feel more like navigating a squiggle? most people i think now sort of go oh yeah it feels a bit more squiggly for
0: me well thank you very much that certainly does make sense and w- would you say now you know due to the pandemic that would mean that careers um, will become uh, to use the term even, even <laughs> more squiggly or more common as we enter this new era of work
1: well i think what we're observing is some of the trends that were probably already happening are accelerating due to the pandemic So we all recognise, that, of course, how we're all working has changed because it's been we've kind of been forced to change how we're working. I don't think any of us would have designed it in the way that we're working right now. But it has given us an opportunity to really think about, well, how should we all work? How could we all work? And I think one of the things that we talk a lot about with Squiggly Careers is that, you know, there's no one size fits all. It's not about following in the footsteps of what people have done previously. It's really working out for yourself in a much more kind of personalized way. What motivates and drives me? How do I work at my best? You know, what does my working week look like in a way where I can do my best work and really spend my time well? So I think certainly kind of how we're working is is never going to be the same. And I actually think one of the Good things that could come out of the pandemic is that you know a much more kind of personalized approach to kind of how we're working that reflects all of our different natures personalities and different responsibilities so hopefully a more diverse and inclusive workplace I think a couple of the other things that are perhaps interesting is you know we've talked for a while about progression now in organizations can't only mean promotion and I think probably as organizations are having to adapt very rapidly Actually, just seeing progression as so many more opportunities, particularly, you know, organisations predominantly are becoming flatter. And so, like, how can we redefine progression to feel really motivating for people? So is it progression in terms of trying out new departments, trying out new disciplines? Is it about what we're learning? And I think that's the that's kind of the other thing that's interesting is the reskilling is going to be relevant for everybody. So the World Economic Forum estimate that 42% of the skills that we have right now won't be relevant by 2022, which feels quite scary, potentially, when you, when you sort of say, it and I sort of go, crikey, how do I work out which are the 60% that are going to stay relevant and the 40% that are not? But I think it's less binary than that, of course, it's much more about, we're all going to need to get very used to a growth mindset, a beginner's mindset, to adapting to to kind of starting from scratch and just being very open to learning and i think we're probably all more adaptable than we've given ourselves credit for and i've seen so many examples of that through the pandemic of you know people learning new skills people helping each other people adapting really brilliantly to sometimes what have been incredibly difficult circumstances and again that's one of the things that i think i and i and i hope is here to stay is this idea of always learning always adapting and always reskilling, so that we can do what we're best at and use our strengths, and also we can solve the problems that our teams and our organisations need us to.
0: How do you think people are generally feeling about their careers at the moment? What are the most common concerns, challenges, and questions that people have been raising with you over the past few months?
1: The first thing that we've noticed is whenever we're talking to our community, whether that's on Instagram or through the podcast, people feel like they need more support in their career right now perhaps than ever before and I think that probably goes hand in hand with more uncertainty and perhaps struggling a bit with confidence so I think there is a you know people feeling that they need some more support whether that's from their managers from their organizations or just taking the initiative and thinking right how can I do this for myself and you know all career development should start with with the individual I believe so people taking ownership is is a really positive thing I do think perhaps people are feeling a bit stuck so perhaps uh, you've got plans to maybe change careers or to do something different, or you're hoping to get promoted or to progress into a different team. And maybe that feels like that's that's on hold. So that can feel frustrating or a bit disappointing for people. And then, you know, we have seen even in the midst of people perhaps struggling a bit with confidence or feeling stuck or things not quite turning out in the way that they'd hoped. We do still see a lot of optimism with all the people, the organisations that we work with. We've seen lots of examples of people connecting in new ways, um, as we've talked about people adapting and using their strengths to kind of find really innovative solutions. And yeah, we've seen a lot of kindness. We've seen people kind of looking after each other and perhaps getting a window into the world of the people that we work with that we wouldn't or otherwise have had because of the way that we've all been working you know, whenever we kind of talk to people, you're not kind of going, oh, I'm either really struggling or really optimistic. I think most of us are feeling kind of simultaneously this kind of mix of emotions where there is some kind of optimism, but perhaps there's some struggling with confidence and perhaps feeling a bit stuck. And everybody's circumstances, of course, are kind of personal to them. But they're probably two or three of the main things that we've seen consistently from our community, um, certainly.
0: Oh, thanks for that, Sarah. And you mentioned uncertainty and change, which seems like uh, you know a common trend, and it's you know completely understandable. Some may be experiencing redundancy, of course, restructure, or uncertainty around how their current role might look going forward. What advice do you have for listeners to help them navigate this kind of unexpected change?
1: Well, I think change that happens to us is different to when we have instigated change. All change is hard. You know, as much as we're all trying to get used to it being a, a kind of common feature of our careers, it still is difficult. But particularly perhaps when we hadn't anticipated that change, and we perhaps not prepared for it, it can feel particularly tough. And so I think just recognising that it is okay to find it tough, you know, we obviously hear people talking about on during an average career, we're probably going to yeah, you know, experience some sort of restructural redundancy perhaps two or three times I think the kind of the average status certainly that's been my experience so far and I'm probably 20 years into my career and you know I've had been through at least a couple of restructures at least two redundancy kind of experiences myself and yeah that that's probably not that unusual but just because it's not that unusual doesn't necessarily make it easy and so I think the first thing that I'd really encourage people to do and um, when you're going through those times of real uncertainty and this can feel hard but don't forget to ask for help sometimes when we're at our most vulnerable perhaps it's when we're least likely to reach out to other people or to connect with people and ask for help but it's often when we need that help the most and asking for help is a sign of strength not of weakness and don't forget that people in the main in my experience really enjoy helping other people it's often a favorite part of somebody's week if you've gone to someone and said well oh, really like some help. I'm thinking about exploring this industry because perhaps uh, my industry has been really impacted by the pandemic. So and perhaps my role is being made redundant. So I feel like my skills might be relevant, but perhaps don't know enough about it. Can you give me some insights? Can you tell me what strengths might be useful? So I think asking for help is probably the first thing. And if you you are someone who struggles to ask for help, try and just be as specific as you can. And I think that perhaps gives you a little bit more confidence. So think about What help do you need? So what questions would you like answered? And who can help you? So try and make a list of who are the people who can help you. And remember, no one has a monopoly on wisdom. There's always more than one person who can help you. So don't worry if someone says no, or just doesn't doesn't respond, don't take that personally. There's always somebody else. And then why is that person the right person? So what help do you need? Who can help you and why that person, why do you think that person can be helpful? And then I think that allows you to kind of ask someone for help in a more specific way where someone is very clear about what is the help that you need. So I always think kind of help that person to help you. I got very good at this because I once sat down with somebody who was very kindly mentoring me, uh, a brilliant woman called Cilla Snowball uh, with an unforgettable name. I know Scylla very well now, but when I first met her nine or ten years ago, Uh, you know, we'd grabbed a coffee in the days where you could do that face to face. And I remember within about a minute, she just said to me very directly, right, Sarah, I'm here to help. How can I help you? And I think I'd not done enough thinking beforehand on how to answer that question. And, And yeah, I was probably a bit nervous. And I was like, Oh, maybe I should just build the relationship a bit. And I'm an introvert. So I certainly find meeting new people quite nerve wracking. But I think that taught me a really valuable lesson of just kind of being prepared about letting people help you and knowing what help that you need. And I've been much better at it ever since that that meeting. And luckily, Scylla was very forgiving and continued to kind of mentor me. But I think I learned a good lesson that day. So that's about getting other people to help you in those hard moments. The other thing I would say that can be really helpful when there's lots of stuff that feels out of your control is, and that can feel really overwhelming and yeah, there can be lots of kind of different factors and you're trying to anticipate the future, which is always really hard to do, I think think about what is the smallest, simplest action that you can take today. So break down what can feel like, you know, lots of things to sort out. Perhaps you're thinking I need to sort my LinkedIn profile out. I need to sort my CV out. I need to reconnect with people and build my network. And all these things can kind of be going on in your mind. And you can think, I'm not sure where to start. And I think the best advice in those moments is always just to start, just to do something really small so if all you do today is you update your summary on your LinkedIn page then that's one really good action you're one step further forward than you were yesterday if you reconnect with a couple of previous managers today and that and that's the one thing that you managed to kind of get done that's really good progress and just recognize that that's the best way to make progress there's lots of kind of small simple actions and broadly remember that you know within careers generally It's all about exploring possibilities rather than being kind of anchored to one specific plan. So even if right now things don't feel like they're working out in the way that you'd hoped, there will always be more opportunities in the future to kind of keep exploring the things that you're kind of curious about. So don't feel like in that moment that everything that you'd hoped for has kind of disappeared Of course, we always have compromises and choices to make. But just remember that kind of broader context. And sometimes that can help you to kind of go, I'm going to take the smallest, simplest action I can do today. And I'm going to remember that I've still got, you know, for most of us another 30 years to work or or perhaps I'm never going to retire. And actually, when you kind of change that lens on your kind of here and now, sometimes that can be quite useful and quite motivating
0: excellent advice especially around the importance of seeking advice from others and it not being seen as a as a weakness uh, it's often an under underused resource i you know I think the uh, the advice of other people so thank you for that also you mentioned at the start there about you know change being different if you initiate it yourself so for instance on if you are initiating that change yourselves you know perhaps by finding a new role or changing careers entirely. Do you think now is a good time to do this? And and what advice can you share to, to help our listeners?
1: Well, I don't think there's ever a kind of perfect time. I think career change is always something that yeah, it always sounds like it's going to be a really dramatic change. But in reality, most people I know who have successfully made career changes, it's not something that happens overnight. And from my own experiences, the first thing I'd really suggest people consider is try before you buy. Essentially, so the more you can experiment and explore and dip your toes into the world that you're hoping to move into, kind of the better. I think that gives you it gives you a few advantages. Firstly, you can start to build some really helpful relationships. Secondly, you can start to figure out. Does my assumptions about this area that I'm really interested in, do those assumptions match the reality? So perhaps I thought my strengths would be really useful um, in this team in a certain way or in this sort of business in a certain way. Does my expectation match the reality of kind of what I'm hearing? So it's, it's a really good opportunity to kind of do lots of listening. And certainly if there is any opportunities to be involved in networks or volunteering or side projects that are kind of part of the world that you're hoping to move towards that can also be incredibly useful so for amazing if for example um amazing if we started amazing if in 2013 but it wasn't uh, it wasn't really even a business at that point it was definitely just something that we were interested in so until that point our background had been in more marketing and innovation myself and my co-founder helen tupper and yeah, you know, side projects didn't even exist the word didn't even exist at that moment which makes me feel old but we just spotted really a kind of an opportunity we felt that career development needed to be available to everybody not just the fortunate few and also we wanted to deliver that development in a way that made use of interesting technology that existed That was from a kind of practitioner perspective rather than perhaps an academic perspective that took those academic ideas and that research and made it really practical and really useful. So we at that point hadn't got an idea where we were thinking, oh, I want to move into the world of learning and development right now. We were just thinking, oh, we're really curious about it. And then the more we progressed in Amazing If, I think the more we got closer to kind of trying before we were buying. And there's a few things we were trying. We were trying okay, so what does the world of learning and development look like? Do we feel like we can be useful in that world? Do our strengths feel like they would, you know, be helpful for the problems that that world is trying to solve? So that was kind of one one area of exploring. The other area was, and what will it feel like to run our own business? So we were both really scared of that. You know, we both worked in really big organizations where you've got lots of structures and systems around you, you know, Helen had worked at Microsoft and Virgin, I'd been in Barclays and Sainsbury's, and we'd also really enjoyed those environments. So it wasn't like we were kind of running as fast as we could away from a more kind of corporate world. We were very happy in those worlds. But equally, we're really kind of passionate about this problem we were trying to solve around career development. And so that was one of the other things that we were trying out. So, for example, I started to work a four day week at Sainsbury's, so I could spend one day a week on Amazing If. And again, this is a few years ago where that wasn't as typical as it is today. A four-day week wasn't as typical. And it certainly wasn't typical when you hadn't got kids or caring responsibilities. I have now got a kid, but certainly at that time I didn't. And so that felt quite a brave thing to ask my organization to do to support me to have a day, you know, trying out my own business, spending more time on that. And also for them to feel like that wasn't me stepping away from you know, my commitment to my organisation, which it wasn't, I was still very committed to to my role at Sainsbury's. And, you know, I was lucky that I had a very progressive boss who I think could see that actually, you know, she got four days of the best of me. And she would rather have that and then not have me for one day than perhaps me feeling a bit distracted or just wishing and kind of having this little niggle that I'd like just a little bit more time to experiment with some of my own stuff. So anything that you can do to try things out, and to get that little bit closer to that change you're trying to make, I always think is a really smart thing to do. And don't be discouraged if the more you discover, the less that you want to make that change. I've also been through that process of thinking. I remember in early in my marketing career, I was really adamant that the next thing I wanted to do was go and make TV adverts. And I thought that feels like the real obvious next step for me. And the more I explored the reality of what that role involved in an organisation, the, the more I figured out, actually, I'm not going to be the right person for this role. What these roles need is not what I'm good at. And I actually hadn't really understood that world. And I'm so glad that I could kind of then let that go and think, OK, that perhaps I thought that was a possibility, but that doesn't feel like the right thing for me. Perhaps there's something different. And interestingly, the people that I spoke to as, as part of that exploring then actually did offer me a role that was in the same team, but quite a different sort of role that was much better suited to my strengths and the things that i really enjoyed so i never think those conversations are wasted and you don't have to go and have those conversations asking for a job you can just have curious career conversations where you can just say you know, tell me what does a typical week look like what do you spend your time doing what sort of skills are really helpful in your industry or in your team you know what kind of problems are you trying to solve just asking those kind of very open questions i think are, is really useful so I think those transitions definitely take time, which might not be what people sometimes want to hear because maybe someone wants to make a change quite quickly. But I think the more you can try stuff out, take small steps to get close to that world and just build as many relationships as you can, because you never know what opportunities are out there. And I think often once you start saying things out loud, it's amazing how things start to happen. So once I started to talk more about my ambition to run my own company and to kind of make that change it's amazing how people start introducing you to people who they think could be helpful, or they start asking you some really good questions. And suddenly it becomes more of a reality than it was a month ago or kind of two months ago.
0: Thank you very much. You mentioned earlier the importance of you know having the confidence to to make a change but touching on career confidence more generally it seems as though many are experiencing a lot of self-doubt right now understandably regardless of their situation would you agree with that and how can listeners build themselves um, back up if they're experiencing this?
1: So I would agree I think unfortunately um, and probably naturally the pandemic has meant that there has been an an incredible amount of change in what is really quite a short space of time. And so we've all had to deal with a whole new level of unpredictability and change in our personal lives and our professional lives. So most of us have had like a kind of double whammy of so much around us all kind of changing simultaneously and within our communities and within kind of our, our world at large. So it's been an awful lot for kind of people to absorb and to adapt to. So if you are struggling with career confidence, you know that's completely natural all of us have had some career confidence crises over the past four or five months and i know certainly i have it's an interesting time to be running your own business in the middle of a pandemic and yeah, you know, it's a hard time to be in a really big organization that's probably having to kind of adapt really quickly so yeah everyone is having a kind of tough time one very practical thing you can do um, if you're personally struggling a little bit with your own confidence is to do an exercise that we often recommend in our workshops called very small successes. And we're often really good at remembering our really big moments of success. So perhaps the thing that's gone right in the last 12 months or the last couple of years, and we're really kind of proud of that work. But we're not so good at spotting all of the very small successes that we have day in, day out, because we move on quickly, we're all really busy and they can pass us by. And so if you are struggling with confidence, perhaps at the end of every day, for at least eight days, because that kind of gets you into um, a bit of a rhythm with doing this. Just write down one very small success you've had that day, personal or professional. It could be finishing that presentation that you've been procrastinating over. It could be getting your toddler to eat some peas for the first time. It can be anything, any very small success. And don't forget all of the examples of how you help other people to succeed as well. And I bet you every day, everyone here listening will have helped someone in some small way. So very small successes can feel quite hard if I sort of said, can you think of one right now? But once you start to get into the rhythm and the routine of doing it, most of us spot that we have at least one, if not more than one, very small success every day. And this just helps, I think, to build up our resilience and our confidence and to have that kind of view of reality of, yes, there are some tough things or some maybe some things not going to plan or you're perhaps not feeling really confident right now. But those very small successes encourage us to reflect on and remind ourselves of the progress that we are still making and it helps us to feel optimistic we always feel like optimistic is perhaps maybe it's just a personality trait you're either a glass half full or a glass half empty person but actually we can learn to be optimistic so all the kind of positive psychology kind of tells us that actually a brilliant way to learn to be optimistic is to reflect and record our successes and even better If you can share them with a team or if you can do something like this at work. So sometimes um, the teams that we work with, we encourage them to do what we call Wednesday win of the week, where every Wednesday, everybody in a team just shares one win they've had in the last week. Again, personal or professional. So it's kind of a week long version of our very small successes we've just talked about. And in that moment, it just really helps everybody to just pause and reflect to celebrate everybody else's successes. And it gives us all a good a moment of kind of feeling good about ourselves and you know even if a team or a business is having a hard time, perhaps you're lacking confidence as a group, you know just sharing those wins of the week can be really helpful, and again, it just helps us to kind of feel optimistic about the progress that we're making. My final point just on career confidence is about your strengths so Sometimes our career confidence can be impacted by career comparison. And it's never been easier to compare your career to other people, whether that's, you know, the shiny successes that we see popping up on LinkedIn or you're following people on Instagram. We, we often see what's on the shiny surface and we perhaps don't see all the kind of the messiness that kind of lies underneath. And I promise you that everybody has that messiness. It's just sometimes it's less visible. And so focusing on you, what you do really well, what your strengths are, And how you can really develop your own strengths is definitely a really good route to kind of feeling confident about ourselves and about the value that we add. My co-founder, Helen, her best piece of career advice to people is always to run their own race. And I think that's really kind of worth remembering. When your confidence is low, you're much more likely to fall into the comparison trap. And we all do it. But it's at those moments that we really want to think about what are our strengths? What are we good at? And how can we do more of those things? The more we use our strengths, the more we enjoy our work, the more value that we add. It's always a win-win.
0: That's great advice. I, I really like what you said about, you know, documenting those small wins and reminding yourselves of that, but, you know, sharing them with colleagues as well and probably linked to the last question for those who are currently in full-time employment, who are no doubt, you know, extremely busy dealing with uh, the day-to-day and perhaps feel under pressure to, you know, somehow prove their worth. Um, What advice would you give those listeners who are perhaps dealing with that?
1: It's a good observation because we have seen this kind of pressure, especially, you know, when you've got people perhaps who've been furloughed and maybe you've not, and you feel like, crikey, I really have to prove my worth and And that again, that's kind of hard for people. I think a good place to start is if you are feeling pressure to kind of prove your worth or the worth of your role is not to start with you, it's to start with your team or your organisation. It's almost kind of starting with empathy and figure out what are the problems we're trying to solve? What are the problems my team are trying to solve? What are the problems my organisation are trying to solve? And then do a bit of situational strength mapping, essentially. So you take those problems And then you think about your strengths, as we were talking about previously, and you figure out how can my strengths be useful to solve the problems that are the real kind of priorities right now? And how are they relevant? How are they helpful? And essentially, it's it's really about kind of adapting our strengths so they show up and stand out in a way that helps to solve the problems that are really top of mind for our teams or our organisations at the moment. And I think when you connect those two things together, those problems and and your strengths, actually, that's when, you know, you get the real value. And your value becomes very obvious, very kind of evident. It also shows that you've really thought beyond yourself. You know, what are we really struggling with? What are our challenges? And I don't think anyone's job descriptions now, particularly last beyond applying for roles. You know, we've all got very used to needing to be adaptable, needing to kind of change our roles depending on, you know, what the priorities are that week or that month. And I think if you can be proactive and take the initiative with that problem solving and sort of do a bit of, you know, what we often call either job crafting or a bit of job redesign and bring those two things together, kind of spotting how those things can kind of be connected It it really demonstrates how kind of useful you are. One of my career changes that I made is I moved from marketing to be head of corporate responsibility for Sainsbury's. And I went into that job as head of corporate responsibility, full of ideas and innovation and strategic thinking and ready to build some brilliant relationships, all the things that I'm naturally good at, the kind of strengths that I want to be known for. And I remember thinking, initially really uh, struggling a little bit and thinking, Oh, I feel like uh, my strengths not really showing up and I'm not sure I've made the right decision here. And the bit that I've missed was i would not really thought about the problems that that role was trying to solve at that moment in time. And actually a lot of the problems were perhaps different to what I'd anticipated. They were more at that time about some things we needed to sort out about reporting and governance and some of those areas that perhaps I needed to then really think about, okay, how can I use my strengths to solve those problems? And I think I was trying to solve the problems that I quite fancied uh, solving rather than the ones that kind of mattered the most and the kind of priorities. And once I switched and I was almost battling, I could kind of, I had sort of a almost internal battle with myself and I felt like I was failing a bit and maybe I wasn't proving my worth to kind of uh, go back to your question. And then I remember a really pivotal conversation with my manager at the time where I said, oh, you know, I just feel like I'm I'm not doing a very good job and maybe I'm not the right person for this job. And actually... She was like, no, you're you're doing brilliantly. I think we just need to think uh, more creatively about what it is that you have to offer, but also what matters at the moment. And I think once I reframed really that job and myself in that job, suddenly I felt loads better at that role when I could really think about, you know, how could I apply my creativity to what we were trying to do with reporting, which I promise you, you can still be creative in the reporting world and started to be really kind of positive about connecting those two things together I started to enjoy that job loads more, I started to add a lot more value in that job and so it's a really valuable process to go through so I hope that I hope that's clear and I hope that makes sense.
0: It certainly does, it certainly does um, but no thanks so much for those insights. I've no doubt you know those will greatly help our listeners who are you know experiencing these issues at the moment and just going deeper into you know some of those issues do you think this is an especially difficult time for those whose identity is very closely linked to their job
1: yeah I think it's always tough when our identity is really kind of wrapped up in the work that we do which to be clear I think is probably most of us now we're all kind of fortunate enough usually to do jobs that are you know a big part of who we are how we learn how we develop very few of us kind of go to work now kind of only for a salary there's there's kind of much more to the way that we work now than there was you know even kind of 50 years ago and so i think it's not a bad thing to really care about the work that you do and we spend a lot of time at work and with the people that we work with and doing that work so we want to ascribe meaning uh, to that work we want our work to matter to us and to be having a kind of positive impact i think it's recognizing whether your identity is wrapped up in kind of an organization or perhaps in someone else, those things are things you can't control versus is your identity wrapped up in kind of personal purpose and personal meaning, in which case you can take that with you. You can take that with you from team to team, from role to role, from organization to organization. Whereas if your identity is really kind of linked only to, let's say a certain leader or to a certain organization, you know, those things are out of your control, that leader can leave, that organisation can make you redundant. Those things can be really hard, but they are also realities. And I think it's almost working out which bits of identity are really important to you. And I think if you can make it about you, and the positive impact you're hoping to make in your career, then I think that feels much more freeing, and hopefully kind of more useful. So, for example, for me, you know, the thing I'm really attached to in terms of my identity is this point around making career development available, accessible to everyone, regardless of role, industry, what level you are in your career. And that's that's the thing that's really important to me. Now, do I want Amazing If to succeed? Of course I do. It, it, it's, you know, 50% my company. And, you know, we put a lot of time and effort into it. But let's say it doesn't work out and lots of small businesses don't I am really attached to Amazing If and I'd be obviously very kind of I'd be really disappointed and I'd be really sad but I think I've got much more meaning in the kind of the why the kind of why we're doing what we're doing and I think I could find that why in other places I could go and work in an organization in learning and development and still kind of take that meaning with me I could do something different I could start again in a different business and still take that meaning with me so I think just think about where does that, what is that identity linked to? And the closer you can make it to yourself and the impact you're trying to make, the more I think it's both positive and probably protects you from changes that you can't control.
0: Oh, thank you very much. And a lot of analysis and reporting has focused on the fact that young people are being badly hit um, by the pandemic from a career and employment point of view. So I'm just wondering how can those that are about to begin their journey into the world of work, how can they ensure that they start out on the right foot, you know, despite these hurdles?
1: Well, we talked a few times today about the importance of adaptability. And I think if you're starting work right now, whether you're coming out of school or out of university um, or out of college, you will have had to have been really adaptable this year. So really focus on what you have got and worry less about what you haven't got. So you will have learned to be really adaptable. You will be able to bring a kind of fresh eyes and new perspective to that role and to that organisation. When I was at Sainsbury's, I used to um, sometimes do listening groups that I'd call fresh eyes feedback. And they were always with people who were kind of new to the organisation who could just give us a different perspective or could see things that we had been doing because we just got so used to doing them and would question them in a really useful way. So Anyone who's new to a team or an organization always has that opportunity to kind of add value just by the sense of being new. Being new is, and maybe not being as experienced, is not a bad thing. It's just a different thing. And so I think just kind of remembering that and really thinking about what, you know, what do every role and what do every organization need right now? Yeah, you know, they need people who are really confident and comfortable using technology. And I would suggest that most people starting work right now probably digital natives, um, you know, are very, very used to kind of using different technologies. So perhaps that's an opportunity, you know, to teach other people. Just because you're a beginner maybe at work doesn't mean that you're a beginner in every aspect of kind of what's needed in those roles. And I can imagine that, you know, there is, you know there'll be lots of people, for example, in work today who perhaps are hearing about TikTok but have got no idea what it is. So perhaps that's something you can help people learn about. People are often really curious to learn more. So I just think, you know, spot those opportunities to learn. Don't worry too much about what you haven't got. And also just think about who you can learn from. I think if you're starting right now, I think the thing I worry the most about is when I started my career and, you know, the people I've worked with subsequently starting out, there is those informal, incidental conversations that you overhear that you're perhaps not part of, but you learn a lot from, you just hear what's on people's mind or you're making a cup of tea and you have those those chats. And obviously at the moment, that just doesn't exist in the same way that it has previously. And so I think we have to work harder to have those informal conversations, those getting to know you chats. And you know, if you're starting work, if you can, if you can feel confident enough to do this, you know, just spending 10 minutes a week, 15 minutes a week with someone in your organization, just being really curious, just asking like, what does your job involve? and just being really interested and just learning as much as you can from as many different people. Don't feel like you need to just stick in your role or kind of stick in your team. I always think the first five, probably ten years of your career are just all about getting as many different experience as you can, learning as much as you can from as many different people and getting as many different perspectives, and then you start to really figure out what you're good at and the value that you can add and so don't put too much pressure on yourself and just be really curious i think would probably be my kind of ultimate top tip for people starting out
0: thanks sarah it's it's really great to hear you talk about the you know the importance of everybody's experience and you know and being able to learn from that even those you know entering the workforce they all they all have you know dis- different experiences and it's important that you know we we have a grasp of that and i i think i could do with an education in tiktok
1: personally (laughs) as well
0: um probably showing my age there lastly if, if you had one piece of advice on top of you know all the great advice that you've given us today to help our listeners navigate their careers through the pandemic and beyond what would that be
1: well my best piece of career advice that i often share is to never live the same year twice now that's taken on a whole new meaning this year because i don't think many of us want to live this year again so I certainly think that we'll all be kind of quite quite pleased to probably move on from 2020 but I do think remembering this idea of you know you can do the same job for obviously for more than one year and you can obviously stay in careers for long periods of time but to basically always be learning always be a work in progress there'll be no point where you'll suddenly be done so the more that you can make learning just part of who you are and how you work, I think the better equipped you will be to have a really successful squiggly career.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much. Thanks for all the great insights and, you know, um, the the help for our listeners. Um, I know they'll appreciate it. It's, It's been a pleasure talking to you today.
1: You're really welcome, John. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Hayes Worldwide Careers Advice Podcast. If you have found this advice useful, please do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. At the same time, if you have any questions or suggestions for future podcast episodes, feel free to reach out to us via email at socialmedia@hays.com.